The northern part of Cameroon right now is seceding to form the nation of Ambazonia, and this is why it's happening. How far I'm UK, and this is the ITK podcast. The current state of Ambazonia covers the area that once used to be known as the British Cameroons. If you're Nigerian, this name sounds really familiar to you because in 1960, the Northern British Cameroons had a referendum and they decided to become a part of Nigeria. The Southern British Cameroons, on the other hand, due to their experience in the Eastern region of Nigeria and its politics there, decided they would rather join France because they found, and I quote, Nigerian politicians to be too domineering and ethnic conflicts in the region to be too exhausting. And honestly, I don't blame them. Us Nigerians find fellow Nigerians to be too domineering also. So, fair point. Now, after this happened and they joined um, the nation of Cameroon, They formed what was called the Federal Republic of Cameroon, where you have the English-speaking parts of the country and the French-speaking parts of the country having their own separate forms of government, but still being under the same country. Now, this went on, and this was sort of like a happy medium to keep both sides of the country happy. And it lasted for a while until 1972 when the then president of Cameroon, Amadou Ahijo, decided, why do we have two separate forms of government, especially for a poor country? Why don't we unite everybody into one Cameroon under one strong central government? So he decided to have a referendum. But thing is, Amadou Ahijo knew that his referendum had a very low chance of passing because the English-speaking people of Cameroon were definitely not going to vote for it. So he came up with three very brilliant strategies to ensure that his referendum would pass. The first one was making sure that there was very little time for a public debate concerning the referendum. I mean, Ahijo announced on the 6th of May 1972 that the referendum was going to happen and immediately set a date for the 20th of May. So people basically had any time to process it and even think about, you know, the pros and cons of moving to a unitary form of government. Second strategy was making sure that there were no opposition campaigns against the referendum. And to get to, you know, provide context, this was 10 years into Ahiju's rule over Cameroon. He was a dictator. So opposing politicians were absolutely scared and terrified of even going against him to campaign against his referendum. And finally, he made sure, and this was very genius, he made sure the referendum question was very misleading. I need to understand too, this is Cameroon in the 1970s where you have a majority of the population that was still illiterate. And you know, if you're, if you're a good leader and you want to have a fair referendum, you would give people, you would, you know, give people a question in the referendum that would be very simple for, you know, anybody to understand. But he just, you know, being the evil, quote-unquote, genius he was, decided that, let's go to a misleading question. And if I let me read it out to you guys so you guys can understand how misleading it is too. 
The question was, do you approve with a view to consolidating national unity and accelerating the economic, social, and cultural development of the national, the draft constitution submitted to the people of Cameroon by the president of the Federal Republic of Cameroon and instituting a republic, one and indivisible, to be styled the United Republic of Cameroon. Now, I don't know about you guys. I went to college and I got lost halfway through that question. Now, imagine people that haven't even finished grade school or even started any form of education understanding that type of question. And, you know, thanks to this misleading line of question, 99.99% of people voted yes to changing the form of government. And let's be honest, if you have any experience with African elections or anything like that, you know already, like, anybody voting, nine, any election result that says 99.99% of people voted for it, you know something is off about those numbers. It's like, how sway? 99.99% of people can never agree on anything. Yet, for some reason, in 1972 Cameroon, this worked, and the referendum passed, and he changed the constitution and unified both regions into one Cameroon, one system called the United Republic of Cameroon. Now, immediately the referendum passed, it inflamed tensions between both parts of the country, the French and the English-speaking parts, with the English-speaking people feeling, you know, marginalized as minorities in the new Cameroon. Now, skip forward to 2016. This is where things start to take off. You know, over the years since then, there had been a nationalist sentiment among a lot of the English-speaking people of the country, with them wanting their own government and their own rights to rule themselves. But in 2016, thanks to, you know, the current president of Paul Bia making interesting appointments where you had French-speaking judges appointed to courts in the English-speaking parts of the country, which obviously is a compromised system of government because you have people that can barely speak a language presiding over legal affairs of people that speak a language that they can barely speak. Obviously, people in the English-speaking parts of Cameroon got furious with this decision and they started protesting. These protests were majorly led by the teachers' union and the lawyers' union in this part of the, the country. They were mainly protesting to protect their English-speaking culture because they felt with you know, schools being forced to teach completely in French and French being the language used entirely in courts in that part of the country, they would lose their culture. So the lawyers and the teachers all decided to go on a strike. You had courtrooms closed and schools closed because both professions were on a strike. And in reaction to this, the Cameroonian government decided to crack down very heavily on this protest and this strike. In the process, people died, and this just escalated things into a full-blown conflict with the region immediately declaring itself independent of Cameroon as the Republic of Ambazonia. Now, things got violent very quickly with the Cameroonian government cracking down harder and harder on protesters and supporters of Ambazonia. In response, you had 
Ambazonians picking up arms and and fighting back against the Cameroonian government. Things ev eventually escalated to the point that on November 30th, 2017, the Cameroonian government declared war offic officially on the Ambazonian rebels. And now you have suddenly a guerrilla warfare ha happening all over the northern side of the country that would eventually spread to the southern part of Cameroon and basically jeopardize security in the entire country. Now, despite the fact that the fight at this point was sort of a stalemate with Cameroonian soldiers occupying cities in Ambazonia and having control there, meanwhile, the Ambazonian rebels had control of the countryside around the cities. On January 8, 2018, the Ambazonian interim government, including their president, Sisuku Tabe, were apprehended in Nigeria where they were all residing and deported into the hands of the Cameroonian authorities. Once in Cameroon, they were immediately imprisoned. Oddly enough, on March 3rd, 2019, the Nigerian High Court declared this move and deportation by the Nigerian government to have been illegal and unconstitutional and even demanded that the Cameroonian authorities return back the officials they had arrested and imprisoned including President Tabe. Now with President Tabe in custody, Dr. Samuel Sako was made the new interim president of Ambazonia to temporarily replace the imprisoned President Tabe. Things would get even worse for the country of Ambazonia when on 2nd of May 2019, the imprisoned President Tabe declared the regime of Dr. Sako to be illegal and dissolved Dr. Sarko's cabinet and reappointed his own cabinet, which suddenly sent the region of Ambazonia into sort of a leadership crisis with people split on their loyalties and who to follow. But eventually, the Ambazonian establishment decided on Dr. Sarko to continue you know, his regime as the interim president of the region. President Tabe was eventually sentenced in the military court to life imprisonment for terrorism charges and fined $350 million by the Cameroonian government. At this point in time, the conflict is still ongoing. The Swiss government have volunteered themselves to act as sort of a mediator to try and find peace between both sides, but at this point, the talks haven't happened and the status quo is the government of Cameroon is still in conflict with the Ambazonian region to try and reintegrate them back into the country by force. I hope this has been an educative and you know quick pointer on what's currently going on in that country. If you want to read more, hey, feel free to do more research. There's a lot more that goes into this. It's a very complicated geopolitical matter, but I hope I've been able to sort of simplify things and break them down for you. I'm UK and this has been the ITK Podcast.